Good evening. You are listening to a Rattleigen Broadcasting Premier Podcast TV party tonight. I'm your host, the Mandated Reporter, and frankly, I'm mortified, Mr. Mark Rattleage. And tonight, our favorite shows are XPW Rebirth and House of Glory Born Again, featuring the Amazing Red, the return of the Amazing Red, versus Will Ospreay, or as I like called him to my wife, the New Hotness. Joining me is the indie wrestling sensation himself, Harry Broadhurst from the kickoff. How do you do, sir? What's going on? Yeah, that 10 a.m. wake-up call wasn't working for me, man. <laughs> so No, so we have changed gears. And uh, once a month, Harry and I, or as we like to call ourselves, the indie ciders. Which one are you? Are you Hall or are you Nash? Which one do I get to be? Uh... I feel like since I'm probably the taller of the two of us, that would make me Big Kev. Mm. But I, but you know, I don't know. I, oh, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll take on Hall. I, I'll, I'll be, I'll be the drunk. <laughs> I was about to say I definitely don't have Hall's drinking problems. <laughs> no, that's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll take that one on myself in the, in the uh, on again, off again Hispanic accent. Anyway, so once a month, Harry and I are going to get together uh, for these special TV parties, and we're going to bring start bringing you some indie wrestling hotness, man. Um, we uh, tonight's the return of XPW and House of Glory, and every month we'll go through the uh, the fight arc, the fight archive. Sometimes it'll be one of the newer shows. Sometimes it might be an old one because I'm going to make I'm going to tie Harry to a chair and make him do uh, Effie's Fear of the Gay Agenda at some point. <laughs> so that's, a, that's on I my wish list. I, I, I actually like Effie, so you're not making me do anything. Fantastic. We'll have to figure out when we're going to do that. In any case, uh, let's get into this tonight. So I just got a real question. We're going to start with XPW. In the initial run, or I guess they have the old episodes now up on YouTube, Have you, how much of XPW TV have you watched? Okay, so it's funny that you asked this because I was actually mm -hmm. going to give kind of a backstory here. Okay. Of all of all the independent wrestling promotions to get your start watching independent wrestling, for me, <laughs> mine was XPW, believe it or not. Really? Okay. At uh, the age of at the age of sixteen, high school Harry was circumventing the filters inside of the school computers and watching XPW TV on their website. Do you remember seeing? I don't. And again, I don't remember which episode it is. I know. I know the description of the episode, but like chronologically, I don't know what episode number. Did you remember seeing the episode where the uh, the bald front uh, front end manager of the office threw uh, Rob Black out, and then the follow up episode where they take revenge on him? Do you remember that episode? Episodes. Uh, it's around the time that Rob Black loses control of XPW and then regains it. See, I was I was done with XPW by that point just because of the fact that they had made my head hurt so badly from the booking <laughs> up to that point. Okay, how early I, on did you give up on this? Because that, that's a, that those are fairly early on. Um, I was watching them in high school. High school okay. for me ended in two thousand and two. Okay. Rob Black, Rob Black, Robert Zakari left mm -hmm. XPW. I mean, he was still involved. He was just off screen. In kayfabe, point, but... lost control of the company. Not when like Shane Douglas took over no. in real life. Yeah. Um, Shane okay. Douglas never took over in real life. I, I could have sworn he like when they were running those Pittsburgh shows. It doesn't matter. Anyway, the point I was getting at is I'm on those shows. That's me. So I was curious if you ever, if you ever, uh, if you ever saw the episodes that I was on. I did not. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did well, you? I, I go I, back to what I told. Go ahead. I go back to what I told you. The uh, XPW stuff is up on the YouTube channel, Cynical. So if you ever yeah. get a chance to go look. I I'm going to at some point just to send you those two episodes. Um, did you happen to hear Pat and I talk about uh, Dark Side of the Ring? I caught bits and pieces. Okay. So I'm not going to get into it now. We're going to get right into the, uh, the XPW Rebirth show. But I did go into a pretty long explanation of my role in the company, what I what I saw, what I thought of it compared to how Dark Side of the Ring handled the history of it when I left and things I don't have any firsthand knowledge of, just stuff that I've heard. A lot of what happened with Billy, the Messiah, happened after I was already well, well gone from that company. Um, so, I, so, okay. 
Uh, any case, I explained all the XPW TV stuff that I was involved with on that show. So I do. I'll th- I can talk, talk, tell you about it later. All right. Well, I was just going to say, I actually have had a chance to talk to Billy, to Will, mm-hmm. and um, just had an opportunity to talk to him about his independent run and about CCW, mm-hmm. let him know I was a fan of his work and stuff, and that I felt he got a raw deal with everything there. And then going back and uh, watching the Dark Side of the Ring episode on XPW, as well as like hearing the stories and talking to other people that were involved in the company then, uh, Chaos, uh, mm-hmm. Homeless Jimmy, and having an opportunity to kind of delve into my early wrestling fandom. Mm-hmm. Have you talked to Homeless Jimmy recently? Uh, a couple of months ago. Oh, cool, man. I loved Homeless Jimmy. He was great. I hope he's doing well. I can shoot you his Facebook information if you want me to after once we go off air. Maybe. Have you talked to White Tr- Trash Johnny Webb recently? I have not. I have not found Johnny Webb online. Okay. All right. Well, let's move on. Uh, so Rob Black uh, has been talking about reviving xpw for a very long time now he has like a podcast where he drops an episode daily he might be dropping more episodes than i do and um they finally had their revival pay-per-view on fight it was uh, november 7th so last weekend and it took place in rochester new york at the main street armory at chris Kloss back on commentary ah! he, he is exactly how i remember him um uh and we uh we don't have to go into each one of these individually kind of go just go over these generally but the pre-show match was facade with danny mo versus cheech any thoughts on this one um i like mike facade sorry i've Mm -hmm. i've i've I've, had the opportunity to work with both of these guys before uh those of you that don't know i used to be a play-by-play announcer for a couple of local independent wrestling promotions and facade was somebody that i had the opportunity to work with i vaguely worked with cheech as well but not to the point that i worked with mike facade so mm-hmm. i thought the match was okay um obviously setting the tone early as far as their ideas for disqualifications in which that there will be none yeah with danny moe's involvement in the match but it seemed kind of it seemed kind of unnecessary to have that level of interference in a pre-show match, but I guess it kind of set the tone for what to expect a little bit later on. Yeah, I thought it was an okay match. Um, I will tell you as we get into the first round of the of their championship tournament, I was having some the thoughts I was having about this show that I think were echoed by some people I've I've read in comments in different boards and places was that it didn't it didn't really feel like an XPW show until it got really late in the broadcast. Like the the the, the early stuff, it kind kind of a cross between a lot of independent wrestling that I see and like you know in G, of oh, which some of that is GCW. But it was it was feeling a little GCW ish to me, which is not an insult. It just didn't have XPW was a, was something a little different, a little off the beaten path, and this kind of just felt like if you didn't tell me this was an XPW show, I would have never have known. Uh, early on, generic, early on. generic super indie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, so the first round of this tournament was Willie Mack and Matt Cross, uh, TJP, who will also be making an appearance uh, at the House of Glory show. Go ahead. M dude being the only guy from the original XPW on this card. Um, Masada and Rhino. Oof. Chris Cross had to get his, get his digs in there about Rhino and the heat wave incident. Uh, I said it on the, the dark side of the ring episode and I'll say it again. The ring crew did not deserve to be beaten up by the actual wrestlers in the company. Just enough of that. And then finally, uh, Brian Cage, currently wrestling for All Elite Wrestling, uh, took on Casey Navarro. Um, I thought uh, as far so I, I'll tell you the one that stood out to me here was, because they were all okay matches, they were fine, I don't have a whole lot to say about this first round, I, except for this. I thought the booking for TJP and Bill Collier was like ass backwards. So Bill Collier is a big dude. And TJP, you know, was one of the cruiserweights in the WWE. He's a sh- he's shorter wrestler. I mean, he's, he's short for the average wrestler. Meanwhile, TJP's psychology in this match was wrestling like he was Hulk Hogan. And Collier was selling all over the match for him. And the whole psychology was like TJP controlled the match until, uh, until Collier got some 
Collier ended up getting some hope spots in there, but then eventually he got beat in about 16 minutes and 28 seconds. And I was like, look, I get that you want TGP to go over into the second round, but Christ almighty, he's, he's not, you know, he's not Mike Awesome, for God's sakes. I, I feel like, like they okay. were doing each other's, they were doing each other's psychology. All right, but I'm going to say to that is actually that's kind of original XPW era booking, though, if you think about it, sure. because to me in this particular to me in this particular match, TJP kind of kind of came off very Kid Chaos esque. He did. Um, I will tell you, like just being in the locker room in XPW, a lot of those guys are around the same size. Like the biggest guy we had was Jake Lawless. Vic and, and yeah. Big Dick Dudley were the two biggest guys we had. Everybody was about yeah, the same Alex, size. Alex Rizzo. Um, everybody else, yeah, because Alex, same Alex Re oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was waiting for you to finish. Um, I would, I was like, Damien Steele, uh, uh, Messiah, Kid Chaos, they were all around the same size, and then you had some smaller guys like White Trash Johnny Webb, Homeless Jimmy, and Dynamite D. Uh, they were a little on the smaller side, so you know, the fact that Kid Chaos, you know, was, I guess, your point is, you know, Kid Chaos being usually the was usually wrestling some guys that were bigger than him, but he always got booked um, as the guy that, that had the upper hand for most of the match. I suppose that's true. Honestly, it's so long ago I don't remember. But, yeah, it just – you can finish your point. It just struck me as odd. No, I don't I don't disagree, and especially with somebody with the potential of big-time Bill Collier as well. Who, who is Because we've only Collier? seen – uh, best known for uh, the Pittsburgh area independent scene. Okay. So he's actually from my relative neck of the woods. I'm familiar enough with him. Mm -hmm. Um, think think a lighter version of Big Cass. Okay, fair enough. Anything very similar? Very sim. You'll notice a very similar body type to Cass. Yes. If I had blinked a few more times, I would have thought it was Big Cass. Um, no, I think Big Cass might be taller. So, anything stand out to you in this first round? Uh, I really enjoyed Willie Mack versus Matt Cross. Mm -hmm. Is Willie um, Mack still wrestling for Impact? Uh, to my knowledge, yeah. He last okay. I saw, he was teaming with Richie Swan. Okay. Um, to the uh, Willie Mack thing though, there they did have kind of the uh, storyline tie-in with Willie Mack, legitimately being a fan at the XPW shows at the Grand Olympic and at the uh, Pico Sports Arena and stuff like that's that's a shoot. He was legitimately there as a fan in the stands for those shows. Oh, he said awesome. as much in he said as much in interviews himself before. Like what, going to the uh, California independent scene is what made him realize he wanted to be a wrestler, and then he broke in on the SoCal scene and obviously made his name in pro wrestling. Gorilla. That's really really cool. That's actually a feather in the cap of the booking of this show. Is that they got a guy who used to be a fan has become a big time professional wrestler is you know wrestling for presumably the the third not counting nxt you know the third most well-known wrestling brand currently in operation and him deciding hey i'm gonna i'm gonna lend what name value i have to to this independent event that is a really cool story uh the other takeaway from that i had from the first round is rhino looked like he ate rhino <laughs> um it made me laugh because you know look Chris is a funny guy, Chris Kloss. Chris is a funny guy, and I, I don't want to badmouth him on here, but he, at one point, he said, he, he was, there was a couple times at the broadcast where I know Chris, for a, for a while, they were trying to do, like, their own version of Joey style, so he did a lot of the broadcast yes. by himself. Chris, I think later on, would have somebody to work again, you know, work opposite. And he, I, I always Larry thought he Rivera. Sounded, yeah, I always thought he sounded better whenever he had someone to play off of. And I could hear him kind of stumble and bumble his way through the broadcast at times. Um, and at one point when Rhino, you know, we all know Rhino, when he hits the spear, it's called the gore. And it's a piddly little yeah. detail thing, kind of the thing that I usually make fun of others for. But Chris botched it at one point. Like he said, like he, like Rhino hit the gore and he called it something else. And I was like, come on, Chris. <laughs> like That's a gimme. He just, he, he just called it a spear. Yeah, I caught yeah. that as well. Um, the thing with Kloss is, you got to remember, this is Kloss's first time doing a play-by-play -play on a full show in 20 years. So his last gig was Klein Rock's MTV thing, right? The uh, Wrestle... Um... Oh, wrestling! I forgot about Wrestling Society X. That's it, yeah. Okay, so that would have been circa 2000. 
That would have been 2008, 2009, somewhere in that ballpark. Oh, gosh, I thought it was earlier than that. It was. Um, I was still married to my first wife when that was going on, so that was actually 2005. Oh, wow, damn! I didn't realize it was that long ago. All right, so yeah. this is this is Klaus's first time doing play-by-play on a show in 15 years. Would yeah. I have liked to see somebody like a Juan Tastico or like a Larry Rivera there to help fill out the broadcast in order to give Klaus somebody to play off of? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think Klaus is Joey Styles. No, because I've always patterned myself off of Styles. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, in, in my opinion, Styles was the voice of my generation as a wrestling fan. So I want to ask you uh, before we move into the next match, the next series of matches, what kind of like with your ear to the ground buzz, if any, if, if, and if there's none, then you can just say none. But had you heard anything about the booking of this show? Because I think one of the things that struck me by the time it was over and I was thinking about what I was going to say about it on the show tonight was how I wish there were two things I wish I had gotten. And I wish there had been more guys from the first run of XPW. And I don't mean Sabu and Shane and Cronus, like all the ECW rejects. Um, I mean, like all of the XPW originals. I say this with no, I say this with no disrespect. Isn't Cronus dead? He may be. I, you now that you say that out loud, well, first of all, I was saying I don't want the I wasn't referring to any of the X no. the ECW guys that came over. I'm not No, I what agree. I, I, what I'm saying is you like mean, the You mean guys like Chaos, guys like Jimmy, guys that like the ones that Klaus basically kept matching ad nauseum on commentary. Yeah. yeah, obviously Dynamite D couldn't be there. He has pe- unfortunately passed away. But Rest I mean, in like, peace, Darren. Well, I mean, like there was no Damien Steele. You know, th- no white trash Johnny Webb, no homeless Jimmy, no Pogo the Clown, no whoever okay, played so the match. Okay, I actually do have, <laughs> I do have a. You mean Tool? Whatever the guy's name was, I'll never, uh, I'll never yeah. forget him in Ventura, California, going. You know, yeah. I'm not just a Nazi. I don't even like white people, and us all going. <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> uh, if that was, if you're referring to Tool, uh, mm-hmm. Jerry Tewitt is dead. Oh, is he? Okay. That was the guy that played the wall in uh, WCW. What was? Oh God! If it's the same guy, that's really funny. All okay. I knew is that he was like he was a CZW guy who was really really big. That Rob gave a neo-Nazi gimmick to, who I came out with a few times. All right. Um, Jimmy wants no part of XPW. Okay. Jimmy's involved in the group on Facebook, but he wants no part of being involved in the. Uh, in, in the relaunch of XPW. Obviously, mm-hmm. Billy's stance on XPW is very well known. Obviously, I was not expecting him to show up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, guys like Chaos and stuff. See, I would think even if they did something like a tribute, like uh, I, I respect Klaus for paying tribute to Lester at the start of the show, Supreme. Sure. Okay. Uh, I would have kind of expected maybe Chaos to make an appearance in order to do that. My biggest thing was is I'm I'm a little surprised that none of the XPW eye candy from the original run made any kind of an appearance. Like I'm not saying that Lizzie's going to show up because that's Rob's ex-wife and that's not fucking happening. Let's be honest. Right. Well, what's her but face somebody, that came out came out with Webb like, was just on the dark side of the ring. Ver- She's probably persona. Veronica Kane. No. Or um, the other the other uh, Jessica Darlin. Jessica Darlin. Yeah. So I can't imagine Jessica being I, I, she's probably persona non grata because she showed up on Dark Side of the Ring, which I know is probably a big explanation for you know why some people were there and some weren't. But I think the other the only other one that I can recall besides Veronica is Christy Miss, and she retired from all of that years ago. So I can't imagine he was going to get her back. She's uh, she's raising a family. She wants out of, completely out of the spotlight. Right, like that's what I'm saying. Like the, the, I wasn't surprised any of the girls were there. I just um, to, just to reiterate. If we couldn't get the guys, if we couldn't get Damien or any of the guys that, you know, don't that have an issue with Rob back, I would have at least liked to have seen some footage. And I don't know if that that was a copyright issue or not, but it would have been nice. Like, that's what I mean by like this Uh, didn't feel like a revival. It just felt like a regular indie gig. Okay, so funny story about that, actually. Okay. Uh, The XPW footage, Mm -hmm. the original XPW footage, to the last of my knowledge, is owned by the WWE. Are you shitting me? In in the big in the big vision buyout that they did. Oh, that's fun. Okay, well, thank you. That's why you're here to explain all of that to me and our, our millions and millions of fans. The three people that give a damn about XPW. Yes. <laughs> all right, let's move on. Um, so 
uh, the next series of matches, we had uh, Vincent versus G Raver, which my thought about this match was, boy, am I glad G Raver recovered from his uh, infamous ladder incident. Uh, he looks pretty good. He, you know, look, uh, and, and, he, and look, if you've seen G Raver perform in GCW, you kind of know what you're getting with him. I had no idea who this other animal was that he wrestled, but I enjoyed the shit okay. out of this match. It's, 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 it's yet again time for indie inside knowledge with Harry. You actually do know who Vincent is, especially if you've watched Ring of Honor. Vincent Marcelli of the Kingdom. Okay, <laughs> I, if I if I saw it, him and watched, I he, it did not Matt, register. Matt Matt Taven's group in um in Ring of Honor. Oh, that guy. Okay, see so you say it Matt Taven. Matt Taven it was Matt Taven, TK O'Ryan, and Vincent Marsalia. Okay, cool. Um, I enjoyed this match, but I, I like a good dumpster fire death match kind of a thing. So, and this definitely. Yeah, I think. I think these are two guys that you can probably look forward to having good runs in California in January. Okay, I hope they're both back for that. Um, yeah, I uh, I saw I, the first time I saw G Raver was at one of the GCW backyard events. Of course, he went by a different name on that show. Might've been the very first one, as a matter of fact. Um, and, you know, I, the infamous ladder thing that then Jim Cornette went crazy Captain. about. I was aware of that. Yeah. So that, that's what I know about him. But this was fun. This, this For the first time all show, this felt like something I could conceivably say was genuinely XPW. No, I don't disagree with that. And I think that they did enough within the confines of what they could do with the New York State Athletic Commission as well. Yeah, more on and that. We'll get. get this. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say there's a chairs match coming, which we'll talk about. Um, after that, we had our second round here of the tournament. We had Willie Mack and Masada versus Brian Cage and TGP. Uh, I thought these were good matches. They were. They both went 15 to 20 minutes apiece, and uh, in both cases, I thought that. You know, especially especially the Brian Cage TJP. You know, if you're looking, you know, if you're trying to find that mix of people who genuinely like wrestling and then people like garbage matches, you know, the, the Brian Cage TJP match was was a match you could have probably put on Impact or AEW, and you, you know, it wouldn't seem out of place. So I, I thought these were pretty solid. Yeah, and I and I do appreciate the booking as well with like the superstar versus the homegrown talent, like the, AE, mm -hmm. the AEW guy in Brian Cage against the, as we talked about, the guy in Willie Mack had grown up watching the shows. And not to mention, even though they didn't really talk about it, Chris, uh, Chris kind of lightly touched on it when he mentioned the, the SoCal history for, for Willie Mack and Cage. Um, guys had an extended feud against each other in PWG as well, so they're familiar opponents. Um, anything about Masada of interest that you want to talk about? Uh, other than the fact that he's a douchebag, not really. Why is he a douchebag? Um, because he takes advantage of people that he knows he can take advantage of. Okay. And if you, and if you confront him, then he will back down. Okay, so he's a big puss. Got it. Um, all right. So, uh, fun fact. Yes, sir. Don't know if you know this or not. Masada trained by Shawn Michaels. Interesting. Um, we had Texas a Texas Wrestling Academy. He was actually on the early 2002 Ring of Honor shows. So I'm going to be honest. And for a good amount of this, I was into it. I was watching pretty um, uh, pretty closely. And then there's a part of the show that kind of lost me. And I was drifting and like looking at my phone. Or I was doing something else that distracted me. This is the match that this is the match where that happened. The two-on-one handicap match of Silas Young uh, and Colin Delaney versus uh, and Colin Delaney and Nick Ando. I'm going to lean on you for this one because I couldn't tell you what happened in this match if it, my kid's life depended on it. Uh, Silas got the win in the handicap match. He pinned Ando with the PG Watch a plunge. Okay. Anything, anything else about this matchup? No. Not really. I like Colin, <laughs> I, I like Colin Delaney's gimmick, the mm -hmm. new gimmick that he's apparently doing here. I mean, because Cheech was kind of similar, and him, and him and Colin Delaney are a tag team on the Indies now to Infinity and Beyond. Mm-hmm. And um, like they're both doing like these uh, hipster douchebag gimmicks, All right? Like you saw like the the fancy ass shirt that Cheech was wearing on the pre-show. You saw the velour tracksuit that uh that that uh Ch that Colin came out in that basically Dan mm -hmm. Lambert ripped off for full gear last night. <laughs> More on that Wednesday with Chris Bailey, Chris Bailey, Chris Bailey. Aww. All right, all right, and now comes my favorite match of of the evening. 
First of all, I think you know from our GCW backyard. There is no God. There is only Schlack. If anyone knows what, if anyone wants to know what to get me for Christmas, I need a Schlack t-shirt. Um, I love Schlack. I was so excited to see him on this show. Uh, anytime he wrestles that, that I'm that I am available to watch GCW or No Holds Barred, um, and he's wrestling. Uh, I actually, I'm so into Schlack. I took my son camping last fall, about a year ago, and Schlack wrestled in the opening match, Haku, and a no holds barred match. And I was watching it in the tent on my phone. That's fantastic. <laughs> I actually have, I actually have a Schlack story of my own. Go ahead. Um, so I mentioned before that I did some, I did some stuff on the Indies a little yeah. bit here and there. Uh, one of the things that I did was. Uh, the infamous King of the Death match is 2018 for IWA Mid-South. I was the ring announcer for that show. Oh, were you? And I was... Have you ever seen... Did you ever see the hashtag fuck that filing cabinet on Twitter? I have not, but go on. Uh, it is a three-way match from uh, King of the Death matches night two. It is Schlack versus John Wayne Murdoch versus Nick Gage. Mm -hmm. And Gage hits a choke bomb on a filing cabinet on Schlack. Mm-hmm. And nobody took the time to prep said filing cabinet. So one of the <laughs> rods that ho holds the drawer went straight into Schlack's thigh. Oh. Like we're talking full on ambulance hospital trip and everything there. Dude. The blood puddle in the back from when he had the uh, the draining waiting for the ambulance is actually what's the discard on the DVDs. <laughs> That's awesome. It is. It is one of the most disgusting things I have ever seen in person. I can't remember the guy's name offhand, but it's one of the guys that was in um, Ricky Shane Page's group in four, GCW. Four, oh. Yeah, 440. I watched the 2020 um, Deathmatch Tournament. Or Atticus? No, the, 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 the guy, he's super fast, but he's also on the short side, tends to wear a hat backwards. Oh, Eddie only. Yeah, Eddie only. Um like like good looking dude like you you'd be you, 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 he he has this really like really good almost like boyish good looks to him for think if we're thinking of the same guy and he and he's got a real good snap to his wrestling he's just on the shorter side you would never AI, think he was a deathmatch wrestler AIW student actually is he really yeah. yeah um he wrestled in that and I swear to God I don't think I've ever seen as much as I've watched I've watched, I've watched death matches I don't think I've ever seen that much broken glass in a ring before. He, it was uh, insane the amount of light tubes they used in his look, matches. Wait till you get a chance to watch the NGI six from last night. <laughs> okay, let's see. Let's see if I get to it. Um, moving on. So yeah, uh, Madman Fulton took on Schlack, and I had I, I was distracted with something, so I didn't exactly see how it ended. I know it's a no. I know it was a no contest Chair in the New York the New York State Commission. Cheers. You know, end of the night. You know we're done with this, and Chris Kloss had an aneurysm. That's about all I remember. Ch chair shot by Fulton to Schlack. Schlack got busted open. Blood is an immediate stoppage in the state of New York. Okay. Um, I'm assuming it was booked that way. Um, I, would, I would imagine so in order to take the piss out of the New York State Athletic Commission. Okay, fair enough. Um, they got seven minutes to, to do with the... I mean, again, if you're not Man. you know, in, in one of the more liberal... When, when I say liberal, I don't mean political, but liberal, like I'll, that'll allow more stuff to happen in a ring. You're, well, you're limited to what you can do in the new in New York State. They did they 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 got as far in as they could go. For example, um, West Virginia, IWA East Coast's home. Mm -hmm. West Virginia does not have a state athletic commission. Mm -hmm. Delaware, where DJ Hyde and CZW run Tournament of Death, does not have a state athletic commission. Yeah, I can't um, I can't remember where the first No Holds Barred show was. It might have been in New Jersey. Most of the New Jersey shows, there's no state athletic commission in Jersey either. That's why a lot of the GCW deathmatch tournaments run there. Speaking of which, before the pandemic started, um, or before the lockdown started and everything, when and when uh, No Holds Barred ran their first show or second show, whichever <laughs> one it was, and Tessa Blanchard showed up. I think she wrestled Nick Gage. Uh, at the end of it, she was like, next show, I want Amazing Red. And then we went into lockdown, and that was the end of that. They've since obviously started doing No Holds Barred shows again, but I don't think she ever came back. And do you know if, the, if, if they're still planning to do Amazing Red versus Tessa Blanchard? Uh, well, given what came out about Tessa Blanchard during the lockdown, I'm going to go with no. <laughs> okay. Is she persona non grata in wrestling now? Uh, well, you call, you call somebody the N-word, you tend to be frowned upon. 
I understand that. What am I asking? What I'm asking is anyone going to take a chance on her? Uh, apparently not. Although really, leave, leave leave it to XPW to have her show up next in, in California. I'm sure she will. As, as, as one of the West Siders. <laughs> wow, there's a reference. I'm just glad. I'm just glad. Klaus called them the West Siders on commentary for this show, and not the actual name. I was going to say you can't call them the actual name. I mean, um, it, was, it was the soft A version, but still, <laughs> yeah. Super nice guys, by the way, in real life. Um, at least in my experience with them. In any case, moving on. Uh, so we have our main events, as it were. Uh, we have Willie Mack versus Brian Cage, which went about 12 minutes. And Willie Mack uh, won legitimately. But then Rob Black came out and swerved bra. Uh, restarted the match. Brian Cage, five <laughs> seconds later. <laughs> oh, Hold on, hold on. I just want to point out the irony of you saying it that way and the mm -hmm. fact that Rob Black looked like a dead fucking ringer for Vince Russo. Except for the green hair. Um, and then Brian Cage won the title with uh, in, in five seconds, which the the crowd just shit on, and, and, and I don't blame I'm, them. There was a doofus ending. Okay, so my guess is this is going to be the launch of the new Black Army inside of the rebirth of XPW. Which, I mean, if you want, if you want Cage as the face of the company, I guess I can kind of understand that because they've always had, they've always had somebody that had the ability to carry the company as, like, take Billy for example. Sure, Bill, Billy was a prominent face when he was the head of the company. Like, obviously, he was a heel, mm -hmm. but he was still out popping mostly everybody that he was in the ring with because he was so damn good. You know, it's funny. We, we got a comment here. I'll actually put it up on the show. So he goes, Rob Black screwed someone to shit you. Said. <laughs> <laughs> and, and my only thing about that is... God, you know, God bless you, Fonty. That's my, my buddy. That's my buddy, Fonty. Okay. Well, I'm happy to have him aboard here. But my, my only thing about that, that was like everyone's comment about this show. Like, really? We couldn't get through one of these without, you know, the late 90s, early 2000s shit Vince Russo booking that Rob Black or was so worse, with. Or worse, the Mr. McMahon booking that Black was always so obsessed with. Because yeah. you'll, you'll notice that it, even when it, when it originally it was the uh, the whole stable, stable, stable thing. And right. It was a trademark of the original XPW as well. Uh, right. the, the Black Army, the Enterprise, right. the Office, Mexico's Most Wanted, even though Mexico's Most Wanted was more of a tag team rather than a stable. But the point, so, the, the point being there is that he's always relied on that cliche stable in yeah. order to be able to carry the company. And my guess is, and he talked about this in the Facebook group, and I don't know if you're in the Facebook group or not. I am not. If you would like to be, I can extend an invitation. That, we'll, we'll talk about it. <laughs> that's no but anyways <laughs> um one of the things that was the trademark of the company was the stables carrying things and like i said black said that he would uh <laughs> black said that he would explain on xpw tv and the fallout which airs on the the new website as well as on fight as well okay so that's an important note to make um in addition to this event that was on fight and this next pay-per-view that they're doing um california january january, january. january. They, they also have new episodes of xpw tv that are airing yes i will say this much the production values on their tv shows are better than your standard indie but given the fact of black's nature and film that's not really surprising yeah so, so <laughs> yeah so overall um i thought it was okay uh i know a lot of people were nonplussed about it but you know I yes six okay I'm giving it a six a six out of ten fair enough yeah I thought I, look I, I don't know how much of an appetite there is for this sort of thing I mean I guess with GCW and 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 uh, no holds barred there's an argument to be made for you know especially with you know the the long tail of streamable content out there there's as much of an audience for that as there is anything else on the other hand, you know, I, I always fear about oversaturation, especially in the in the super niche, uh, you know, deathmatch arena. I, I was just about to say XPW was a niche market to begin with. Sure. Oh, I remember what I wanted to say to you now, and then we'll after this, we'll move on to Hog. Um, so just thinking about Rob Black and his ego, I remember I, I was first of all, I was there for a little bit of the Black Army before I left. So just to be clear, in case anyone cares and you haven't heard us talk about it on Dark Side of the Ring. I was there from their from before their first show 
until right before the heat wave incident. Um, so I was there for, you know, all, are all you, the, go ahead. Are you that much older than me? God damn. I am about to, I am going to be, I'm 45 right now. Yeah. You've got a decade on me. That makes sense. Yep. Um, anyway, my point being that, uh, I, f I feel like when, um, it was after the death match tournament that Supreme won. I told, I told that story on the dark side of the ring show that we had uh, Shane Douglas there for. Go ahead. Is that the first baptized in blood? First baptized in blood. Yes. Um, we had Kronos on that show. I think Shane Douglas showed up at the end. Shane Douglas giving one of his infamous, I just left. Let me, let me, <laughs> let me shit on the previous place. I just came from promotions, uh, promos. WCW um, in this instance. Uh-huh. Uh, in any case, it was, I believe, after that show, the next show that we were doing, um, we made flyers and Rob called it, and then there were four, implying WWE, WCW, ECW, and XPW. This is what this man was putting out there. We were the fourth biggest promotion uh, in the world. Uh, which you have to admire the hubris. Uh, balls that big, it's no wonder he was in porn. Indeed. Um, you ever watched any of his porns? They are interesting. There's not even just like the Federal Four, just just the just no, in the, general. The only the only two people that I ever had any interest in seeing naked from that company were Janet and Christy, and I saw them both naked. I'm good. Uh, speaking of naked, one of our great sponsors here on the podcast is Grammarly. <laughs> of the rattledge and broadcasting network grammarly is offering a free download of the grammarly software grammarly's ai products help people communicate more effectively like i just did grammarly helps you write mistake free on facebook shut up on gmail facebook Twitter, LinkedIn, and nearly anywhere else you write on the web. Uh, Grammarly corrects hundreds of grammar, punctuation, spelling mistakes while also catching contextual errors, improving your vocabulary, and suggesting style improvements. So download Grammarly today. Go to getgrammarly.com slash W2M network. Again, that's getgrammarly.com slash W2M network to download Grammarly for free. All right. Just, just remember, all hate mail to s.garmer at gmail.com. Darn tootin'. Mm -hmm. All right. It's his fault we're covering XPW. House of Glory took place on November 12th, uh, also available to you on the Fight Network, or rather Fight. Fight TV. Fight TV. Uh, this was in Manhattan at the New York City Arena. And uh, this is House of Glory's so first show since before the... Go ahead. Technically Jamaica, New York. Yes. Suburban New, New York City. Oh, it would, that's not suburban. New, Jamaica is part of New York City. Really? Um, Yes, Jamaica. How big is that goddamn city? So the not not to get too much on crack here, but New York City is technically five boroughs, of which Queens is one, and Jamaica yes. is just at the edge of Queens before you get into Nassau County, Long Island. Aha! Uh -huh. So anyway, um, this this geography lesson brought to you by Grammarly. <laughs> Correct. Uh, this is the first um, House of Glory show since before the pandemic. This December of 19. Yep. This is the uh, uh, first appearance of Amazing Red in however long that it's been. Uh, I had a, I, one it, question. I, Go ahead. I could have sworn Red worked a couple of GCW shows during the pandemic. I was going to say they said this was his like return to wrestling. That's what I'm going There is of. no way that's accurate. Um, I'm almost. Okay. That's what I caught from the broadcast that I'm just parroting at this point. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about is if you don't know what House of Glory is, this was the promote promotion started by Amazing Red, which is now owned by Master P, who makes you say, oh, na 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 na. Are you telling me that we're bowdy bowdy and rowdy rowdy? Indeed. Where's K Dog when you need him? My wife, my wife came home. She missed the whole XPW show. She was out, but she came home around the time that She's this was better starting. for it. Oh, for, of course she is. But she was <laughs> like, "What are you watching?" And I'm like, "Oh, I'm watching an indie promotion that Master P owns." And she was like, "Na na na na," and I said, "Na na na na." Ugh. And she said, "Okay then." She said, like, "I can't believe Master P is still a thing." And I'm like, your, "Well, apparently, isn't wrestling." Your wife is a saint, for the record. <laughs> That's what I think. Anyway. Um, so tell me about House of Glory, what you know about it, what you know about Amazing Red, just real quick. 
Well, honest, obviously, my early exposures to Red are the uh, 2002 Ring of Honor shows, mm-hmm. where and especially the uh, the kung the kung fu sequence with Loki from Crowning a Champion, which was like the most talked about spot in professional wrestling when it happened back in 2002. Uh, Red then made his name in the X Division and early in early TNA as well, along with his cousins, the SAT Jose and Joel Maximo. Okay. Uh, a former multiple-time X Division champion, um, trainer as well, obviously the House of Glory school, but he's had an involvement with a lot of different people there. If I'm not mistaken, uh, Sasha Banks credits Red as one of her trainers. Okay, cool. That's cool. And so, they talk they talk about that on the show that occasionally Sasha pops into the House of Glory school. How often is Master P directly involved in what's going on in House of Glory? Very, very limited to my knowledge. I think it's more of a money mark situation. Okay, is he still putting out like? Is he like producing any albums or anything? Like, I haven't honestly, I hadn't heard of Masterpiece since Make Him Say Uh, and uh, his uh, an unfortunate well, involvement in WCW. Well, he is a No Limit soldier. He thought he told you. Indeed, <laughs> does not answer my question. <laughs> uh, I honestly have no idea. That's fine. Uh, my right. uh, my actual watchings of House of Glory have consisted of this show. Gotcha. All right, so in our opening match, we had Ken Broadway defeating Rocky Romero. Uh, Rocky Romero is a name that rings out. Uh, Ken Broadway was actually in GCW during the pandemic. He did a lot of the um, a lot of the Atlantic City shows. Okay, cool. He was feuding with uh, Leo Rush in GCW. I know your opinion of Leo Rush, but yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I like Leo personally. He's any fine. any anybody who can get Daniel Feischel interested in wrestling is cool with me. Fair enough. What do you think of the match? That that needed more Daniel fight. Never mind. Um, <laughs> honestly, uh, I think Broadway has a good gimmick. The problem is, is his manager adds literally fucking nothing to his act, and yeah, that was okay. evident. Uh, that was evident by the fact that when uh, Broadway came back out later on in the show, we'll talk about it more in detail there. And the manager wasn't involved. Broadway came off as a bigger star by himself than he did coming up with the manager. Let uh, me say, because um, because you know not being nearly the independent wrestling fan that you are i have to say uh some of these independent shows it's literally like they they got a camera and a stream set up and it looks like you know it's shot in a warehouse which i'm sure some of these are you know it just looks it looks very gorilla this was a very slick production this could have passed for a tna show oh yeah this was definitely a uh this was definitely a multi-camera setup yep the only thing and my wife and i both talked about this having the led board at almost the same level as the ring was really distracting and kind of blinding at times. Uh, Whenever they shot from the hard cam. My biggest issue from the show was the fact that the commentary volume was so inconsistent throughout it. (laughs) Yeah, they were blowing out their mics every other There were certain times where you couldn't hear a damn word they were saying, Mm. and there were certain times you could hear them sipping water in the broadcast booth. (laughs) It was rough. Uh, The next one was a giant mess. This was six man. Uh, we had uh, the tag team match of the New York Wrecking Crew, Chris Eaton and Smooth Blackman. Okay, no, I'm sorry, it's the next one that's the mess, not this one. Versus the rep of Dave McCall and Nate Carter. Uh, I know nothing about any of these people. Okay, I've never heard of the New York Wrecking Crew, however, the the rep I am familiar with, former CZW tag team champions. Okay, what'd you think of the match? Uh, it sucked. (laughs) Okay, why'd it suck? Because these were four guys that were given more time than they were capable of filling. So is it is this like a, a student wrestling situation, or is it just they're just not very good indie wrestlers? Um, the rep actually is not a bad team. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is the rep is better when they're facing people that they can throw around. Gotcha. I.e., um, uh, young dumb, young dumb, young dumb, and broke. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ch- Charlie Tiger and Ellis Taylor, or Jordan Oliver to an extent. There. Um, they they did kind of a monster heel gimmick in CZW. They were managed by Maven Bentley. So they were working smaller people, and they had the ability to use their relative size on the indies to an advantage. This had them facing two guys of a similar size to them, and it just came off really clunky to me. That's fair. Yeah, this next one had 800 people in it. It was <laughs> the Suicide Six Man. This is a six-way scramble match of Mighty Main, Ace Austin, Encore, Joey Silver, 
Nolo Katano and Smiley. So like I said, my wife watched this with me and I, and it's always she's always a good person to watch wrestling with, I think, because she has such a like general audience uh, opinion about it. Like you're really like outside of your nerdy indie wrestling bubble. If you really want to know what, you know, what a straight thinks, you know, there's a, a normal person. My wife's a good person to, you know, to get her. Uh, get her feel of things, get her reaction. And when this cavalcade of circus animals popped out, she was like, what the hell am I watching here? Like the, the smiley, I guess, the guy in the, in the mask, and then the one that was doing the gimmick from Reno 911. We had ourselves Kelly a time watching. Yeah, we had ourselves a time watching this. And I think one of them was a samurai. Nola <laughs> Katano. <laughs> this was ridiculous. Obviously, um, obviously. I, I, I utterly lost track of what happened in this match. Um, Mighty Monte picked up the victory, set him up for a future title match against Amazing Red for the Cruiserweight title, which is the former six-way title. But to me, the standout in this match, and it's really not surprising to anybody that's been watching him for any length of time, was Ace Austin. So I have a question about him. Wasn't he... I thought they said former Impact wrestler. Is he gone from the company? No, he still works for them. He, they said he was a former Impact X Division champion. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and that is an accurate statement. He is a former X Division champion. So, I really, I really like Ace Austin. I think that I think he has superstar potential. The problem is, is Ace Austin's size is going to work against Ace Austin because sure. even in the smallish world of independent wrestling, mm -hmm. Ace Austin is a small dude. How does he size wise? How is how does he compare to TJP? Um, roughly the same, but less muscular. Yeah, he's a he's a small dude. But he has so much like, added, like five I, foot, five foot eight, five foot nine, somewhere in that range. Yeah, he's got a lot of attitude, though. He, you know, he he definitely has a presence about him. He just does, does not have the size to match. Five foot eight and one hundred and seventy four pounds. You ever see Ace Austin going anywhere outside? You know, bigger than Impact, or you think Impact's the ceiling for him? I think AEW would be someplace where he could land, especially if AEW does like a cruiserweight title or like something along those lines, just because mm -hmm. I do think that he is somebody that can carry a match and can be carried. Plus he's super young still too. Austin's only 24 years old. What I like about the independent wrestling scene now available on either IWTV or fight TV or, you know, whatever independent streaming wrestling website you can find is how much a lot of the people that are seen on TV in the big three or four show up at these things now you know uh, john moxley was showing up at like gcw events you have GC Ace austin willie mack brian cage we just talked about mox it's, was it's, the uh gcw heavyweight champion for a while yeah he was i think yeah. he still is actually um what's his face woo 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 you know it you know he showed up in Matt GCW. Cardona. yeah and then the internet broke um so <laughs> It's just it's fun as for someone like me I, who who even amongst wrestling fans is a bit more casual than I am, you know, niche. It's fun to see these guys show up and mix it up with these guys I've never seen before. Uh, Cardona pretty much broke the Internet when he dressed like do rag Vince from ECW. I lost it. <laughs> I could not stop laughing. Uh, yeah, I, I like the fact that a lot of these uh, a lot of these companies let their lesser known talent work these indie shows mm. and even some of their higher known talent too like we talked about uh like we talked about the the uh tommy n thing earlier mm -hmm. and the fact that we'll see tommy at the uh, next house of glory show i think that might have been off right. air but still uh aew letting malachi black work independent shows is it's pretty fucking big for a guy that was like sure. the the in thing on the indies before he signed with the wwe well, going back almost a year now, and they talked about it on Full Gear last night, how like Kenny Omega wins the AEW title and immediately goes to Impact, you know. And then for a while there, he was the belt collector. He was showing up at like AAA shows, you know. It was like it was fun to watch Kenny Omega specifically wrestle, not just because of the style, but because like you never know what show he was going to end up in next and win a title. Uh, real quick to go back to our earlier comment, uh, TJP is two inches taller, seven pounds lighter than Ace Austin. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, next match. Um, Violet defeats Ivelisse. Why do I know the name Ivelisse? Ivelisse is the girl from uh, AEW that won the tag team, the women's tag team tournament with Diamante. She's also the Shine Women's Independent Champion. She was on Tough Enough as well. I think I know her from Tough Enough then. Um, and Violet uh, looks like she just got out of wrestling school, the way they were talking about her. Um, no, she's been wrestling for about two years now. Okay. But um, I will say this much. This will be my unabashedly sexist comment of the show. God damn, does Violet have an ass on her? 
Fair enough. Like, I got, in, tru- I, I got in trouble on the earlier podcast. I said, if The Rock and Gal Gadot had a baby and grew up to be a full-grown adult woman, it would be Selma Hayek. And I and would you believe I got called disgusting for that comment? Would you believe it? How dare you? I know. Ne- Life needs more Selma Hayek, though. But anyways, <laughs> back to uh, <laughs> the Violet thing there. Violet's been starting to make her name throughout this, the independent circle now. She just recently mm-hmm. wrestled Melina on a, different, on a different independent show as well. Oh, wow. What show? Um, fuck. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to look that up. It's on her Instagram. Okay. I may have Instagram stalked her once I saw her on this show. I have a thing for Latino women, and she definitely struck my fancy. Um. All right. So, what do you think of the match? The match itself was solid. Nothing. Nothing great. Nothing blow away or anything, but solid enough. I did like the finish. Mm-hmm. The viol as she calls it, the violator that bridged Moodle lock using the leg yeah, almost over the back of the neck. I thought that was a really, a really unique finish as well. And seeing Evie tap clean on an indie show was kind of surprising to me because that's something that almost never happens for like a bigger star. Yeah. Well, it's nice to see some of the big stars put over the, you know, the new and rising talent. So agreed. All right. And in your main event and the whole, no, sorry, before the main event, um, we have Loki who took on Charles Mason and TJP in the three-way match for the, uh, hog crown jewel title. I cannot believe how long Loki has been out there he, doing this. I was just about to say, can I just point out how fantastic Loki looked? It's too bad he's such a dick. <laughs> yeah, I was really shocked they put the title on him given the three people in this match. Um, well, TJP has other commitments, mm-hmm. and if you believe the, the reports, might be having even more commitments soon. Okay. I don't know uh, what the reports are so New Japan. Oh, okay, really? Yeah, full time New Japan run. <laughs> so, if uh, TJP ends up going overseas for for more work in Japan and stuff, then obviously we're going to see less of him here in the states. So it made sense to get the belt off of him. Um, he's one of those guys that still has that name recognition, even going back to his Ring of Honor run, going back to his TNA run, going back to his brief run in the WWE as Caval, right. So um, he has that name value and key when he is mode. Okay. Let me, let me fr- paraphrase. Let me preface this by saying that when low key is motivated as he was in this match, because I thought this three way was really good. Mm-hmm. When key is motivated, key is spectacular. Yeah. The problem is, is when key is not motivated, key is garbage. <laughs> Ask yeah. him off. He, he definitely wrestles with an attitude for sure. Um, when he, when he has one, I, I like this match though. I thought, uh, I, I thought, you know, between these three guys, they put on a pretty dynamic, well-paced match. Um, I was just surprised at the, I was just surprised at the ending. So, I was not surprised at all. I didn't expect uh, TJP to retain. I, I honestly thought they were going to put the belt back on Mason, honestly. And then that's what up, I was saying. And and then you could have set up for a singles blow off between Mason and Key, but I think they kind of set that up anyways because of the fact that Mason had the match won before the ghetto stomp. All right, and the whole reason I wanted to talk about this in the first place, and really the the whole idea of doing these podcasts on in, strictly on independent wrestling, came from my desire to see the hotness, the new hotness, the new Kenny Omega, Will Osprey, versus the return of the Amazing Red. And I've got to say, um, you know, I liked Will Osprey when I saw him. The, the bits that I've seen him in New Japan, I was kind of hoping this would be Will Osprey, like the doorway into like an AEW, like he's not going to go to WWE obviously. Um, but I was hoping that this would lead to an AEW appearance and it still might just didn't, it just didn't last night. But um, the other thing about it is I guess this is Will Ospreay coming off an injury, right? Uh, neck injury sustained in the championship defense against Shingo Takaji. Mm-hmm. So what's the story with new Japan now? Is he still contracted to them? Uh, quick question. Are you planning on watching uh, battle in the Valley? I almost was going to program 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 that into this podcast, but we decided on just two shows, so I skipped it. But I can go back and watch it. Okay, then I won't answer your question. I'll let you be surprised. Just go ahead. It's okay to spoil it. Uh, Osprey shows up at Battle in the Valley and challenges the winner of uh, of Okada and Takaji on night two. 
is the idea to have him available. So okay, new, before the pandemic, the word was New Japan wanted to make an impact in, in U.S. indie wrestling and was trying to establish, you know, like an New NJ, Japan. NJPW strong. Yeah. Um, which is the whole reason they put the U.S. title on John Moxley and then the pandemic hit and that was the end of that. So I guess this, this is their reattempt. Uh, the thing about the, the NJPW strong is, is they do want more of an American presence. The issue with that, though, is Osprey is he was caught up in the fallout of speaking out. I don't know if you saw that or not. I vaguely remember. I know what the the I know what the thing was. That's why that's why the WWE lost ha- like ninety percent of their British wrestlers. Yeah, uh, Osprey was caught up in that for blackballing a female that accused one of his friends of of abuse. Okay, so he got kind of caught up in that a little bit, and then conveniently caught a neck injury right afterwards. I'm not saying the neck injury wasn't legit. I'm just saying the timing was kind of suspect. So you think people might be a little cold on him right now? Maybe more time needs to pass. I think that there's a possibility that, especially when you consider his uh, his relative skill level, because I, I won't deny that Osprey is an amazing wrestler, but I think there's somebody else that is at his level or a little bit better that's probably a better fit for AEW when it comes to the British wrestling scene, assuming that he's been forgiven for his trespasses. Which does lead to the question, who do you think, because New Japan ooh, really ooh. has a model of, of ha- you know, like people that either come from another place, go to New Japan for to rehab themselves, and then come out of it, usually end up in one of the big two, right now. And I was thinking that was going to be Will Osprey, but given what you just said, maybe not so much. So behind Will Osprey on the New Japan roster, who do you think comes away from there and becomes the new hotness? Jeff Cobb. Jeff Cobb, really? He, look at look at the deep run that he had in the G One Climax. I would if I knew that he had a deep run. He went all the way to the fi- finals of Blog. He was in the uh, Blog V final, okay, against Kazuchika Okada. Yeah, Jeff, but, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. I love Jeff Cobb, but I don't. But he looks more roughneck than he does, you know, Kenny Omega, Will Osprey type. I'm not saying that he has the body type, but he's deceptively athletic for a guy of his size. That's fair. And um, also, doesn't can, have their boyish good looks. Well, consider though that he does have American exposure already too, though. Mm-hmm. Sure. With yeah, the. I think, did he appear in an AEW show? He was as a henchman for somebody, yeah. a Jericho's henchman against, mm. I think, was it Moxley? Maybe. It was a while ago. I do know that he also has mainstream American exposure in Lucha Underground as well as Montanza. I say, wasn't he also in Ring of Honor? Uh, very briefly, yes. But that, a lot of that had to do with the Ring of Honor New Japan crossover. Okay. Um, speaking of which, is Roosh still with Ring of Honor? Rush? Roosh. I've heard them pronounce it Roosh. It's Rush. Whatever. <laughs> my guess is he's been let go like the rest of the roster. Well, I, oh, okay. I, I didn't know if he was a part of that or if he was let go before that. Um, I'm pretty sure that uh, I've heard that uh, he's probably going back to um back. He's probably going back to Mexico. Well, that makes that makes me unhappy because if there was anyone other than Matt Taven. If there was only one guy in the Ring of Honor roster who I really wanted to see end up in the big two, it was uh, I. There's one person in the Ring of Honor rest, uh, the Ring of Honor school that I do think will end up in the big two still, and he'll probably end up in AEW, and that's Bandito. Are you sure it's not Roosh? Let it go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Amazing Red versus Will Osprey. Um, I was really looking forward to this. This was the highlight of my evening. Not as good as I wanted it to be. That doesn't make it bad. I just. I, I have seen Here's, the New Japan snappy wrestling kick out of everything, go a million miles an hour match. I was kind of hoping that was, that's what we we're going to get with Will Ospreay and Amazing Red. We did not. It was a more it was more methodical than all of that. And so, again, not that it was bad, just not what I'd hoped. The it would be. the super the best of the Super Juniors match was better. Okay, if you haven't had a chance to see that, it's worth. If, I imagine you have a NJPW World subscription. Uh, yes, it's worth going back and checking out in the 2019 best of the super juniors tournament. Okay. I couldn't give you a specific night, but I can look up that information once we're off. Once we're done I, with the show. I can, yeah, it's fine. But, so um, the match? the match itself, I thought was good. I thought the finish sucked though. I get yeah. why the finish was what the finish was in order to protect red before setting him up for Alistair black or Malachi black, Alistair black, Tommy and whatever you want to call him next month. I get that. The problem that I had there is it really deflated the crowd in the process. 
Yeah, you know, if you want to send people home happy, that wasn't the way to do it. Like, I, I don't even think that people would have minded Osprey getting a clean pinfall over Red, even in Red's hometown. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, if you let them go out there, have a banger, and then even if you put Osprey over clean with the Os, like the Os cutter would have been a perfect spot to put Osprey over clean there. Mm-hmm. And then you could have a post match attack by Osprey, do, do a sign of respect, and then Osprey attacks them with the hidden blade in the post match respect angle. And then mm-hmm. that sets up Red's match with, um, the set up the save by Ken brought uh, Ken save by Ken Broadway, the attack on Broadway by TJP in order to continue their beef. And then Osprey sets up red for uh, Malachi at the, for the glory show in December. Overall, uh, I had a fun, you know, experience with this. I mean, not eight out of 10. Cool. Um, you know, I, uh, I'm excited to start digging into a little bit more independent wrestling now that I have a venue to talk about this stuff. I have a reason to watch it. That's how I operate. So um, between the two shows, not a, not a, you know, um, a pretty good night of pretty well spent night of watching wrestling, I think. And I'm excited to do this again next month. We are. One, go ahead. One slight problem that fight needs to work on. Really? Because. If I'm going to start complaining about streaming services providing pay-per-views, my top one is Bleacher Report. I hate that app. It sucks. Go on. Why don't you just wait until the next day and watch it on Fight TV like Tony Khan said? Anyways, it's already up on Fight TV. Are you serious? I, I thought that was only for international people. Nope, it's up on Fight for 50 bucks. Well, shit. The, re- <laughs> the replay is up already on Fight TV. Um, Fight, do us a favor. Edit your goddamn replays. <laughs> there is yeah. no reason that the XPW show should have clocked in at four hours, 22 minutes. You were talking about like, oh, on the pre-show, on the pre-show. Yeah, if you don't think I was skipping a lot of that stuff and just fast-forwarding through it. Like, I, I, I had an agenda. <laughs> real quick, Also, real quick, back to XPW. The, whoever the backstage interviewer was for XPW, she was awful. Yeah, she was pretty terrible. All right, um, next month, Harry and I, us Indiesiders, we'll be back again, uh, another late night recording. We're going to do a TV party for Ring of Honor Final Battle and Beyond Wrestling Fight Forever. Give me 10 words or less on why we're doing the Beyond Wrestling show. Uh, most unheralded indie company in the world. Okay, so it's not even who's on it so much as it is that's the hotness right now. The overall presentation for Beyond Wrestling has it amongst the best wrestling going today. But the more important question that everybody wants to know is when are we going to watch Effie's Fear the Gay Agenda? I'll tell you what. We'll make it a double shot for Effie. When, uh, in March, when or I guess technically early April, when uh, mm-hmm. we do Joey Janela's Spring Break next year, Yeah, we'll do oh, Effie. You talking about the Collective? Yes. Let's do the collective for WrestleMania. Yes. Yes. I'm going to put this on my calendar as soon as they announce dates. We have to do Effie's Big Gay Brunch, and then we have to do Effie's uh, Fear the Gay Agenda. And then we'll do, uh, and then we'll also throw in Joey Janela's Spring Break as well. If you insist. We'll do three shows. I will promise you we'll do, you would do an extended TV party of three indie shows. Or, 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 or I can get you to watch the Bloodsport show. We'll just do two different TV parties. We'll do one, we'll do one. Uh, I. I yeah, might be guy. able to. I might be able to be convinced to watch Bloodsport. All right, I think. I think uh, Harry. But, I said once a month for these, but for but for that reason alone, I'm willing to do this uh, twice in one month. Hey, I'm. I'm. I would be good with bi-weekly for the indie shows. I love independent wrestling. I've been a staunch supporter. I uh, actually, real quick, if you don't mind, I'd like to make yeah. a quick plug. Yeah, please go ahead. Uh, if you happen to be in the Ohio, Pennsylvania, West Virginia area. To quote The Godfather, just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. Thanksgiving Throwdown 6, Real Action Pro Wrestling. I will be your play-by-play voice of the show. That's awesome, man. Good for you. Well, I would like to do a plug, and that is for Amazon Music Unlimited. Segway! We are doing a free giveaway of the uh, 30-day trial of the Amazon Music Unlimited service. You can click the link in the description of this podcast at getamazonmusic.com. Slash W2M Network. That's getamazonmusic.com slash W2M Network to try a free 30-day trial of the Amazon Music Unlimited service. We use it all the time on the Metal Hammer of Doom for our uh, ADHD medleys that I like to <laughs> I like to do whenever I get distracted by things or I want to play some extra music because Jesse or 
Robert haven't heard of the band that we're doing prior to the album that we're actually doing on the podcast. Uh, it's just, it's better than Spotify, better than Apple Music. Oh, God, anything's better than Apple Music. So give it a shot. Um, get AmazonMusic.com slash W2M Network. We here at the W2M Network do appreciate Spotify as well, though, because they carry the W2M Network shows. Absolutely. I mean, so so does um, uh, yeah. So does Apple, but that's neither here nor no, there. No, we don't acknowledge them. All right. Like, subs- <laughs> like um, subscribe, follow us uh, on any of your various podcatchers. We're also on YouTube, and all of our video shows are streamed on YouTube and live on Twitch, w2mnet.com on Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and anywhere else that catches podcasts. We are audio, video, video coming at you every way. Uh, we drop a show, more than one show daily. I drop at least two to three per day, just myself alone. Sean and Eric have their soccer and football shows. And hey, not only that, by God, we've also got Harry Broadcast, Harry Broadhurst of the kickoff. Uh, not only the kickoff, I also do Life is Like a Game Show, too, where our next episode covers the short-lived GSN show, Russian Roulette. When can people expect that show? Thursday night. All right. All right. Until then, until the next Indiesiders TV party, he's Harry Broadhurst. I'm Mark Rattledge. Be well, be safe, and behave.